Thank you for listening to our weekly Baylife Church podcast. Make sure you visit our website, baylifechurch.org.au, where you can subscribe to our podcast and iTunes so that you'll never miss another message. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Thanks, Chris. What time is it? Ah, uh, look. You know how these things go. I never get through a message anyway. Um, you want to show that youth conference thing? Have you got that there? It's not there? Can you get... good isn't it um here's the deal our church has always been about youth you know and uh and i love the oldies you know i i you know it's all good but guess what we grow old and we die and uh and we got to have that next generation coming through you know it's uh and it's not only just about doing youth on friday nights it's actually about getting them to church because youth is for four years or, or whatever they can be in youth, uh, church is for the rest of your life. And uh, we need to be a church that is accepting and open to kids and to youth every step of the way. So church isn't about you coming to church and doing your thing with God. You can do that 24-7. Like Church is about reaching our community. And it's about having an open door to whoever walks in here, whatever ratty-looking kid walks in here with with whatever look on them, without shoes, smelly, doesn't matter. Like, we accept them. And I want you to remember that every step of the way. It's not about you getting out in your huddle in the corner out and having a coffee. That's not what we're here for. Well, that's nice, but you can do that all week. Come on, let's open our eyes and our hearts to why we actually do church. And, and there is a component, of course, worship and prayer and, and all those things. But gosh, if we're not reaching anyone, what's the point? What's the point? And, uh, you know, and, and I, that's, that's what's driven us all these years is to see young people not only going to youth on Friday nights, but getting here on Sunday, seeing them connecting to God, to the body of Christ, to, to seeing how to do life. And, and they're looking for ways for people to do life, you know. Um, okay, didn't mean to say that, but that's my heart. That's my heart, and, and I just wanted you to hear that. Um, we've got a new roster coming up, and so with that roster, if you want to connect to any team, you need to go and see a team leader, kids, creative, whatever that, that's going, 
service team, uh, connect team, but particularly one that, that uh, Mick came to see me about was about the, the coffee team. He has been amazing doing coffee, but it's time to broaden the team. So if you've got any skills in this area, or if you haven't, we're very graceful here and we, we don't even mind if we're going to get a bad cup, cup of coffee while you're learning how to do it. And we'd love to raise up a whole heap of people that can do coffee so it's not just one person doing it. So he needs a hand. So if you want to go and see him or, or come and see us and uh, there'll be a training day and do all that sort of stuff. But just remember, this is the new roster's coming, the new year's starting, time to get involved again. I know we've had this COVID season where we've been doing everything at a minimum, um, but it's time to uh, ramp it up again, I think. It looks like we've got a reasonably clear run at this now, so uh, uh, so let, let's get involved again, hey? Because uh, um, again, church isn't about coming and sitting on our bums in church, it's about serving. And, uh, um, you know, and it's not just serving in church either, by the way, it's about serving our community. Here's the thing. Gosh, I won't get to my message this morning, will I? Um, Church is a place we come to get refreshed and revived in God, right? To meet together with the body of Christ. Our calling isn't about church. See, I guess you just look at the people on stage and go, well, that's what a calling's all about. No, no. A calling is about what you do in your life 24-7. It's wherever you are positioned as school teachers, as nurses, as accountants, as whatever you do in your life. That's your calling and you're meant to reach the people in your world. It's not for here inside the walls of the church that your calling is. Mostly will be outworked. You know, like it may be a few percent of our church does that and that, that's okay. But that's not what this is all about. This is not trying to force you to become ministers even though you already are ministers. It's not ministers in the church. It's actually ministers in our community. Wherever God's got you, Let's be the church. Wherever God's got you, start to share your faith. Start to share about God. Just, just open up about that. That's our ministry. That's your ministry. And our roles as pastors and leaders is to equip the saints to work out the ministry in the world. And wherever you are, that's what it's for. And this is our coming together on a Sunday. So, so gosh, what am I ranting about this morning? 21 days of prayer and fasting, good. It cleanses you. It gets clear what, what it's all about. Um, okay, we're into courageous prayers. That's why we started this series. It was in 21 days of prayer and fasting. And just wanted to challenge you on the type of prayers that we're praying. Sometimes it's so easy to pray wimpy small prayers. And I want to be a church that prays courageous big prayers. They are pr prayers that have got some guts to them, to really the, the take on what God's got for us. And that's what this series is all about. The, the two sessions we've done so far, Search Me God, which is a confessional prayer, Break Me Lord, transformational prayer. And this morning we're going to do Send Me, Send Me Lord. It's a song, isn't there? It's a Motown song, isn't it? Sam Cooke. You send me. Oh, darling, you send me. Oh, darling, you. Okay. 
Oh, you didn't put effects on that, did you? That was nice. See, our prayer, <laughs> our prayer is a missional prayer. And, 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 and that courageous prayer is a missional prayer. And, and it's all about surrender and making ourselves available for God, wherever God calls us. You see, don't underestimate the value of what? School teachers. That what you sow into young people as school teachers. Never underestimate the value of that. You know, you know, because it's tough, like doing that. Never underestimate the value of what God is doing wherever you are called to, whatever you're doing, and even when you're, you're struggling with it sometimes, you know, recognize what God's doing. You know, if he's put you in a, an influence group, um, Rotary, you know, or, or share your faith. Share your faith. If he's put you in, as, in, in any role, whether you're serving in hospitality, serve as though you are serving God. And let people see that. You can't probably share your faith in that scenario necessarily. But serve like you are serving God in that scenario and let people observe you and go, wow, they're different. They, they, they really care, don't they? And, and that's, that's what this is all about. It's actually opening ourselves, surrendering, and making ourselves available to what God wants to do in us and through us. And it's a courageous prayer. You know, there's so many general callings of God in, in, a, in a missional sense. You know, Matthew 28, 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, Acts 1, 8, you know, you receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And I guess I'd have to say none of them are talking about the coming to church. They're talking about going out to the world. And we get that mucked up sometimes. We think it's all about coming to church. And I love that you're here, by the way. And I love that we can meet together. I love that we can do worship and we can pray together and pray for each other. And we can hear the word but that's not the whole deal. It's only that much of it to go and do what we're called to do. And this is a missional prayer that we're talking about here this morning. Send me God. Send me God. And see, God calls people. He calls you and me. And unfortunately, it's not like a phone call. Hello, it's God here. Wow, that's good. Go here now. Great doesn't work like that. wish it did. It just doesn't necessarily work like that. <laughs> There's so many ways we respond, different responses we have to God and his call, positive and negative. And I just want to quickly touch on some of those. This may be all I get out here this morning, but uh, you, you, know, you might recognize yourself here. Our responses to God's call. Now, I haven't got time to give all the context of each of these passages, but write down the references and read the story yourselves because they're great stories. The first one here is Jonah. Here I am, I ain't going. I'm not going. You know, Jonah 1, uh, 1 verses 2 to 3. Go to the great city of Nineveh, preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. This is God. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. Jonah ran away from the Lord. He didn't like Nineveh. 
He didn't want to go there to preach the word. And you know the story. He gets swallowed by a big fish by a whale. And how many people respond to God like that? Here I am, God. I don't want to go. I'm too busy. I'm too scared. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not prepared. I'm not ready. It's the wrong time. I've got focus on my own life, my own problems, my own fears, the own, my own stuff. I don't understand God. Why would you send me there? That's exactly what Jonah said. You know, and this is a, a small example, but I'm sure you've got all examples in your life of, of things that you can think of where you feel like maybe God was calling you or directing you. And you go, this doesn't make sense. I'm not doing this. And I, I particularly remember the first mission trip I went to uh, the Philippines. And it's over 20 years ago now. And uh, this first one I went on, and I was leading the team. And wasn't really that used to doing ministry, but somehow I got in this role of leading the team because I realized we were going to build an orphanage in the Philippines. It was in the North Island of Luzon, uh, North Island of Luzon. And, uh, and basically, um, you know, it was 10 builders I took with me, 10 people who had trade experience. None of them had any ministry. And we didn't really even know we were doing ministry at the time, but I did take my guitar, I remember. And uh, uh, anyway... We were working all day, like 12-hour days, and then they'd bring the bus at night time, or the truck really, at night time, and they'd take you out to some far-flung spot, in, and in the darkness you'd turn up to these sort of a house and a, a, some buildings, and, uh, and there'd be no one around. you think, why are we here? And then you'd pile out, and then they'd start the music playing, and then all of a sudden people came from everywhere. It was just amazing out of the darkness they just came and then the shed that you're in there's there was full and then there was people hanging out the windows and looking through the windows and uh, I remember because I was the only person who had a guitar and only musician on the team I'd be doing a few songs before I preached and uh, and a tap dance as well no not really but um, um, you know and, and we did that for two weeks and I, we we're exhausted we, we built this orphanage and we're doing ministry every night and we're, we're seeing amazing miracles remember one girl who was blind um, not a girl she was a lady who was blind and we prayed for her with very little faith i can tell you but we prayed because there'd be altar calls of hundreds of people most most nights and we prayed for this one and and you don't think anymore about it, but someone came the next morning and said hey that woman you pray for she can see this morning and you go you sure? Are you sure? Is that right? Yep. And uh, remember, that's the first time I prayed for someone in a wheelchair. I was freaking out on the inside. I was just like, are you serious? I've never done this. Like, and and they, were, they were expecting me to pray for this old woman, and she would get up and walk, and, and I just didn't have the faith for it. I, I just, you know, it was just one of those deals. Anyway, this... What am I telling all this for? Um, the story. That's right. Uh, anyway, so I did do another song, and uh, and um, and and spoke for another, uh, you know, nearly half an hour. Anyway, so anyway, it, w it was amazing. But after that, we went to McDonald's in the city, 
and you've been on rice for like 10 days at this stage, right, and, and a little bit of sauce with the rice, then you're just over rice. You have rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Went to McDonald's. This is the point of the story. Sorry it's taking a long time to get there. One point, you'll be fine. You'll work it out from there. Um, so I went to McDonald's, sitting in McDonald's, someone behind the, the, uh, the bench was cleaning some machinery and a spear of this thing went straight through his hand. Now, I am amped up because I've been, I'm, you know, we're doing stuff we've never done before. We're praying for people, there's miracles, there's all sorts of stuff going on. We're doing so good as a team, you know. We, we, and we're here, I was there by myself on this particular day, actually. And, and this thing went through this guy's hand and I saw it and I'm, and I felt like God was sort of urging me to jump the counter and pray for him. And even though I'd seen all these miracles, heard all this stuff going on, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And, and I'm in my chair thinking, I, I, I think it's God. And, and this is going to be stupid if I jump the counter. And, and like I... I haven't got any first aid skills to help this guy out. And, and uh, uh, anyway, I, I resisted that. And can I tell you, I've still got regrets about that. Because you never would have known what God might have done in my obedience at that point. Here I am, God. I'm not going. I'm not going. And, you know, it's a silly example of a little bit of the, that, but... You know, it's, it's one of those things that we can resist God in the midst and we never know what the consequences of that will be. So that's Jonah. Second thought, Moses, here I am, send someone else. You know, this is God speaking to Moses. I ain't got it together. I'm slow of speech. No one will follow me. Who will they say I am? Who will they say you are? You know, and, and, uh, and you know, Exodus 3 verses 10 to 11. So now go. This is God speaking. Go. I am sending you to Pharaoh, Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And we can do this exactly the same thing too. Here I am, but send someone else. This call must be for someone else. It might be in a financial giving situation, you know, um, you know, I haven't got enough money to give to this. And, and, or it could be, you know, out of a generous situation where you've got to give time or energy or, or it might be, gosh, it could, it could be the first time about tithing or maybe it's a, a challenge with tithing. And God's saying, well, hang on, do you trust me or not? You know, tithing is all about trusting God. And we've got to decide whether we trust him in every situation, including our finances, because we're meant to give the first 10%. Tithing stands for 10%, by the way, 10%. And it's an easy number. If you make 10 bucks, you give a dollar. You make 100 bucks, give $10. Give, make 1,000 bucks, you give 100 bucks. You make $10,000, you give 1,000. See, it works across the whole board. And here's the thing I love. I love seeing our young people tithing. I love seeing them trusting God from day one because once they can do it with their hundred bucks, they can do it with a thousand bucks. Because it's the same principle. And they give. And the, there's young people that I've just seen over the years, they've just been so faithful. 
and, and, and God's blessed them. There's been favour because of that. You know, for many of us, we can't explain how we got where we are with our finances, but because we've tithed, God's blessed the other part of it. The 90% has become more than just 90%. And, uh, well, um, or it could be sharing your faith, you know. Yeah, well, that's for other people. That's for evangelists to, to share their faith. You know, maybe you're insecure, you've got self-doubt. What if they ask me a question? I don't know all the answers. Here I am, but send someone else to do that. You know, and, and maybe there needs to be a fuller surrender to that. We've got to count the cost of what God's call is all about. You know, God, yeah, but I don't know all the answers. Send that holy person. Send that missionary Send that person. They've got nothing to lose. They've got no position in the community, so it won't look weird if they talk about Jesus. Come on. We've got to die to ourselves. Not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by God's grace. And we've got to die to ourselves to get to that point. You know, it was exactly like when I came into ministry and called into ministry. I didn't want to do it. I didn't. You know, I didn't want to give up the life we had. We liked our life. And I sort of, I liked what I was doing and I liked the finances and I liked the freedom and because we were running around business and, and, and Mark Zare asked us to come on staff and, and you can ask Robin. We went away for a retreat with them and, and I had every excuse under the sun yeah, but what about that person? They're a good preacher. And what about this person? They've already been in ministry before. And what about that person? They've already been to Bible college and they've got a degree. And, and what about that person? What about this person? <laughs> and God wanted me, apparently. I don't know why he wanted me, but he wanted me. And, and, uh, and it's like, you sure? You, sh- you, sure that's, you sure that's right? And surely there must be someone else more ready for this. Anyway, there you go. Third response to God, like Gideon. Here I am, Lord, but, but Lord, and with all the excuses. You know, so Gideon's hiding out from the Midianites and threshing wheat in, in a cave in fear from the Philistines. And uh, an angel of the Lord appears to Gideon and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, let me, you're in a cave, down, you know, threshing wheat, an angel of the Lord comes into the cave and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You'd think you'd be impressed with that, wouldn't you? You'd think you'd be, wow, that's pretty cool. You know what Gideon's response is? If the Lord is with us, why did all this happen to us? What's that? <laughs> Oh. If the Lord is with us, why did all this happen to us? Oh, it's the Lord, is it? Okay, there you go. He's trying to send you a message. Not sending it to me, he's sending it to you. So, uh, where are all the wonders? Where are all the miracles? Where, 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 we're under attack. Where are you, God? Where are you, God? And uh, I don't understand what's going on, basically. Where's all the miracles? Where's all the blessings? And, uh, and Judges 6, verses 14 to 15, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. 
am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon said, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. But Lord, you don't know who I am. You know what I've done. You don't, you don't know anything about... Yes, I do. And I'm still calling you. But, 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 yes, I do, but I'm still calling you. And, and if you read the story on from there, Gideon did amazing things, but it was all the excuses in the front end. And here's the response I think God wants from all of us. Isaiah, here I am, send me. Send me. See, Isaiah 6, 8 says this. When I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. See, this, this was a general call of God. This was like Matthew 28 or, or Acts 1, 1 verse 8. And, and it's like, this is a general call of God. And Isaiah, hearing the call of God, not, it wasn't saying, Isaiah, you go. A general call of God, who will we send? Conversation God's having. And Isaiah says, pick me. I'm ready. Please send me. Here I am. Send me, God. I'm ready for your call. I'm ready to do what you've called me to, to do. I, I, I'm ready to go. And that's our hearts need to be like that. Ready to respond to God in every situation. Every situation. It's a courageous prayer. It's a courageous prayer. Yeah, here's, I'm going to give you some stuff real quick just to finish off because I want to do communion at the end. This is, we need to fully surrender in this process. And I'm just going to give you three points. I'm not going to give any context around it. This is how we surrender in God. A genuine experience of the presence of God. We need a genuine experience of the presence of God. Can you hang in an extra five minutes just while I, I, I just, just expand on this just a little bit? Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that King Uzzah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. See, Isaiah experienced, this is before he said, here I am, send me, right? That was in verse 8. This is verse 1. He he. he saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, train of his robe, fill the whole temple. So Isaiah experienced the presence of God. He was in the presence of God. He was probably on his face at this point. And, and he saw the, the, the Lord and the train of his robe fill the whole temple. There was a beautiful sense of the presence of God. And it's a place of surrender. And nothing, nothing can replace the genuine presence of God. Nothing can, can replace that. Nothing can uh, replace the awe, the, the surrender that it brings, the, the genuine worship that does that. You know, the prayer, the genuine prayer that does that, that heartbreaking prayer that ushers in the presence of God. And in that place, here I am, send me. A genuine awareness of our sinfulness 
Isaiah 6, 5. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the Lord. Again, just before that, Isaiah 6, 8. He recognized how sinful he was and how sinful he's, he's, the people he was living with. And it's just the clarity it brings when we recognize, gosh, I haven't got it together, have I? And uh, my eyes have seen the Lord Almighty. I've tasted and seen that God is good. I've seen the King. And a genuine understanding of God's grace. Isaiah 6, verse 6 to 7. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from Tong from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. You see, that is the grace of God. We have sinned. We are sinful. And we need to recognize that. But God's grace is for us anyway. It's all undeserved grace. His grace. The coals touched his lips and his guilt was taken away and our sins atoned for in that second. See, that's grace. And now that grace, our response has to be, here I am, send me. Die daily to, to my flesh. Die. The natural man, the carnal man. You know, most people don't want to get to that place in their walk with God because it's going to cost something. They haven't counted the cost well. They haven't considered that God has got a purpose for each one of us. Each one of us. Every single person in this room and watching online. God has got a purpose and a call for you right now. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you surrendered to what God's calling you to? There's a great song that, uh, you know, Isaiah 8, uh, sorry, 6.1 is based on. And it's from my early days as a Christian, our early days as a Christian. And you young people won't recognize this song, but I want to play it. The words are going to be up on the screen as we take communion this morning. So if you just want to grab your emblems, if you've got them. Because I think... We need to focus on us getting in the presence of God. So God says, do this in, or Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And when we remember him, we, we, we need to make sure we, we recognize how holy he is. And if we were actually in his presence, we would be on our faces. We'd be on our knees. We'd be going, oh God. You are magnificent. You are amazing. If you haven't got an emblem here this morning, just put your hand up and the guys will just bring you some can, can you emblems. No, everyone's got some? Great. So just, just to finish the service, and I know it's a weird way to finish. We normally finish with a big song at the end. I don't want to do that. I want to play this song. You might even know the song. But I just want you to sit. And just usher in the presence of God. Do this in remembrance of me. Thanks.
haven't taken your emblems, take them now. Um, take the bread and the juice. And the bread is Jesus' body. And the juice represents his blood and what he's done for us. And God, in this presence, in your presence here this morning, God, we surrender afresh to your call on our lives. God, we recognise that maybe we've been 
using some of those excuses. God, help us be more like Isaiah. Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Amen. Amen. Well, you got a little bit of a smorgasbord there this morning, and um, uh, thanks for being with us. We're going to have coffee and tea out the back. Go and see Mick if you're keen to get involved in the coffee, and uh, um, and I, I pray have a good week. And and how about praying that prayer a little bit this week? Here I am, God, send me. Thanks. <laughs>